0: Okay, we'll turn to Judges, Judges chapter 8, verse 1 through 7. Judges 8, 1 through 7. Now, the Ephraimites ask Gideon, Why have you treated us like this? Why didn't you call us when you went to fight Midian? And they challenged him vigorously. But he answered them, What have I accomplished compared to you? Aren't the gleanings of Ephraim's grapes better than the full grape harvest of Abiezer? God gave Oreb and Zeb, the Midianite leaders, into your hands. What was I able to do compared to you? At this, their resentment subsided. Gideon and his three hundred men, exhausted yet keeping up the pursuit, came to the Jordan and crossed it. He, He said to the men of Succoth, Give my troops some bread. They are worn out, and I am still pursuing Ziba and Zalmunna, the kings of Midian, But the officials of Succoth said, Do you already have the hands of Ziba and Zalmunna in your possession? Why should we give bread to your troops? Then Gideon replied, Just for that, when the Lord has given Ziba and Zalmunna into my hand, I will tear your flesh with desert thorns and briars. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for giving us this time. Thank you for our new EMP format. Thank you that we can sit together like this. We just want to ask for your presence. No, we thank you for your presence that is here. We ask that with open hearts, open hands, we'll be able to receive your grace and your presence uh, here today, that we would be more aware of your presence and that you would fill us up with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is the story of Gideon. Some of you might be familiar with Gideon. Gideon is one of the leaders that God raises up in the book of Judges. The book of Judges is the time after the Israelites have come into the promised land Uh, but they keep going up and down in terms of their relationship with God. There are times when they're kind of obeying the Lord and then things go well, but then as they get comfortable, they um, start turning away from God and then God, in hopes of bringing them back to Him, will allow uh, different nations to come and oppress them and difficult things to come upon them. And then people start crying out to God, And usually what God does is he raises up a judge, a leader, to kind of bring them out of the oppression. So Gideon is one of the judges that God raises up to uh, free Israel from the hands of the Midianites. The Midianites are oppressing them for a long time. God raises up Gideon to deliver them. And so this exact passage happens right after God does this amazing work of delivering the people of Israel, you guys know the story. God raises up Gideon and God says to Gideon, "You need to go and free your people from the hand of the Midianites and Gideon doesn 't say, "Yes, sir. He says, "Are you sure, God?" And then he asks God to to uh confirm this calling through the fleece right This is where we get the uh that phrase gideon's fleece, right so he asks the Lord to confirm, like, are you sure, that you, this is? help me make sure that it's you that is calling me to do this, and so he does it two times, once is, make sure the land is all dry, it's, I, I forget the order, but it's, make sure the land is all dry, and just the fleece is what would do, then I'll trust that it's you, God does it, and then he says, God, can I do it one more time, this time, make sure everywhere else is filled with dew, but the, the fleece, let it remain dry. And God does it again. So Gideon says, Okay, let's go. So he calls up all his men together and they're ready to go fight. But God says, Wait, I don't want you to go yet because you have too many fighting men. If you go and fight like this, you might end up saying, I delivered. We did it by our own strength because we had this great army. So God like, twice uh, downsizes the army. Right? He first... He says, if anyone is afraid, anyone's feeling nervous, anyone's anxious about going into battle, just go home. So they go home, a bunch of people leave. And God says, it's still too many people. So God takes them to a brook and has them all drink water. And I think the only ones, the ones that scoop up the water in their hands and drink like this, they are the only ones chosen to go into this battle. I don't know if there's a spiritual significance to that, Or if it was an arbitrary decision. But that's how God downsizes the army. So now he's left with 300 men. And chapter 7 is that story of downsizing. And then the 300 men plus Gideon. Going into the land of Midian. And uh, doing this great battle. Delivering the people of Israel. So the verse I want to focus on today is verse 4. Of chapter 8. Gideon And his 300 men, exhausted yet keeping up the pursuit, came to the Jordan and crossed it. So, uh, sometimes, even when we are doing God's good work, it can leave us feeling exhausted. You know? Sometimes, even when it is the Lord, I was a little surprised when I read that. Because I thought, surely God is the one that reduced all these people to 300 men. So they have to do the work of this great army to defeat the people of Midian. Wouldn't they be like full of strength and it just comes easily for them? Like, you know, they just, because they're working with the power of God and the the favor of God, things would just go easy. But it says here they were exhausted. After defeating the people of Midian and still pursuing these two leaders to finally finish the work, they are exhausted, but still keeping up. Um, The exhaustion comes from two places. One is the battle itself, right? They're battling the Midianites. Even though God had done an amazing work to uh, deliver the Midianites into their hands, they still have to go and physically Battle them, so there is the the work that is tiring. But we also see in the beginning of this chapter the Ephraimites kind of get upset with Gideon. They get upset with the way Gideon was leading them, and says, "Why do you do it this way? You know, how come you left us out and you did all this work?" And Gideon, I can see him kind of holding back his annoyance, and he's saying, "Look, you guys got the two leaders." Okay, so you have more glory, so leave me alone, and then they they settle down, but the exhaustion comes from the actual work of doing what God has told them to do, but also dealing with uh, the complaint that comes from the inside, so there's the external battle of doing the work, but there's also the internal within your people so that's just that's just the uh, life in uh, life with people will be like that you know uh, even in a church setting we can have you know so i was thinking of times like uh, like the retreat you know that's for us for church staff uh, that are here those are times where we're doing god's work and it's a lot of work and it's a lot of time and it's a lot of effort making sure the retreat goes well and those will be times where we feel exhausted it's god's work but we feel exhausted but I remember, this is many years ago. Actually, our church is very good. A lot of people, uh, there's a lot of appreciation that our staff, uh, church members share with the staff. But many, many years ago, I don't remember exactly how many years ago, uh, I remember sometimes, you know, we, even though we try to do our best to make sure treat, everything goes smoothly, Obviously, there are things that don't go right and so sometimes you have to wait a long time to get your room key and different things go wrong and some people were quite aggressive in their comments toward Monica because at that time, Monica was in charge of doing all the events. And I remember hearing some of the comments and thinking, oh, so mean. Why are people so mean? Even though... They're working hard. And this, I mean, I probably feel it more because it wasn't directed at me, but it was directed at Mon and the other staff, other admin staff we had at church. And, uh, but also realizing that's part of the work, you know? Part of the work is, is doing the work, but it's also then dealing with the people. And sometimes people will be very gracious. And again, SP members... Always, I mean, so often, most of the time, so gracious and so appreciative. But there will be times, there will be complaints and there will be different ideas and things thrown at you. And that's part of the work. You know, that's part of what it means to lead. But the first point, it's okay to feel tired. It's okay to feel exhausted. You know, there are times when you're faithfully completing the work of God. It's going to leave you feeling tired and exhausted. Uh, We have seasons of busyness. right? We have seasons of busyness. So in your life, it could be work-related. God has called you to your work, whatever it is that you're doing, and so there will be seasons of busyness in your work where you have to do something, you have to uh, produce something, do some kind of project. What's not okay is if your seasons of exhausting work become the norm right if your seasons just of of exhausting tired work if that becomes how you always work that's not okay because that's not a sustainable pace of life for you right that we have times when god calls us to do something and we have to be okay we can't say Oh, I'm just exhausted and tired and I, I never want to be in that place. I'm just not going to do it. That's not okay. You got to do it. If God has called you to do it, there will be seasons of business. So we faithfully complete it. So that's, that's not okay to say I'm never, I never want to be exhausted. But it's also not okay to just be exhausted all the time. That's not the sustainable pace that God has designed for you and called you into. Uh, and the second point I wanted to make is, we see the effect, or the effect, we see how this unsustainable pace of exhaustion, you see how that affects Gideon a few verses later. So, he is trying to pursue these Midianite leaders, finish the work, he wants to make sure, he wants to pursue them and finish the work. But in verse 5, he has to go through this land of Succoth to kind of get to the leaders and he's asking the men, hey, can you provide us with some bread and some water? My men are so tired. We're so tired. The men of Succoth say, well, do you have the hands of these leaders that you're pursuing? They're saying, how do we know that you're going to be able to defeat them? And if you don't defeat them, they found out we helped you. How are they going to treat us? And so they said, no. And then Gideon responds with this extreme anger. He says, Just for that, when I've gotten these leaders, we're going to come back and I'm going to tear your flesh with desert thorns and briars. Uh, one, One thing we have to understand when we read the Bible is not everything is prescriptive. Meaning not everything in the Old Testament especially is for you to say, Oh, okay, that's the way I need to respond. Right? Not everything in the Old Testament especially is you read that and go, that's what, I'm, that's, that's what God is calling me to do. Some, a lot of it is descriptive, meaning as it's describing what happened, and we have to discern, is that something that God wanted from Gideon, or was that an extreme response coming out of his exhaustion? And I want to suggest to you that it's, I think it's his exhaustion talking here. He's so exhausted, he's so tired, and he's kind of fed up with what's going on, and so he... He's annoyed at the Ephraimites that gave him all this trouble. He's barely holding it together, like saying, you guys got the leaders. So basically saying, shut up. Like You guys got the honor of getting two of the leaders, so can you just leave me alone? And then these men give him all this trouble, and he just loses it. And he says, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to tear your flesh. Uh, he actually does it. He comes back in verse 17, of uh, verse 16. And he actually it says he taught them a lesson for what, how they reacted, so sometimes this unsustainable pace of exhaustion will leave us irritable, right we're just angry all the time. we uh, blow up at people, we have a short fuse, and uh, that, that's so if we if we don't take the time to uh, rest, you know to leave the work in the hands of God, to recognize, wow, I am exhausted and tired and maybe I need to uh, change the pace that I'm running at a little bit, I think it's, that's going to come out, that irritability, that anger, that short fuse. <laughs> Actually, uh, two of the study Bibles I read uh, in preparation for this suggest that in chapter 7, it is the work of God that Gideon is doing. But in chapter 8, actually, you, they don't, it doesn't mention the hand of God in what Gideon is doing. So some people suggest that maybe Gideon is just kind of operating out of his own ambition at this point. In chapter 7, God did the work. But because Ephraim got the honor of actually capturing and defeating the leaders, two leaders of Midian, Gideon is kind of annoyed at that and he's upset and he wants to make sure he gets the two kings of midian himself and so even though he could have stopped the work at the end of chapter 7 he insists on leading his men to capture the two leaders zalmuna and ziba 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 and zalmuna and so i thought that's very interesting maybe the work of god for you has completed but out of our own ambition not hearing what God is saying. We insist on doing it a certain way because you wanted it to be done a certain way and that brings out that exhaustion even more which leads to him responding in this extreme way with the men of Sakkos. So, yeah. I was thinking of uh, Pastor Hyunsoo's message last Sunday and I had a, an hour-long conversation with him following his sermon because i had all these questions i had never thought about the sabbath explained in that way but i think at least one of the main takeaways that i have from that sermon is that the foundation of our rest why is it that we can rest whether it's once in once a week or whether we walk and live out of that place of rest the foundation of that rest is that God has completed his work already, right? Even the work in our lives, the work that God has called us to do, even though we're walking it out, God has already completed that work. And so the foundation, why is it that we can say after six days of hard work, after a season of exhausting work, I can say, "Ah, oh, I'm going to take a break. I can't do this anymore. It's not a sustainable pace. I see myself responding to my kids a certain way, responding to other people a certain way. I'm gonna take a break. Why is it that we can do that? Is because we trust that God is actually the one doing the work. God has already completed it and He is still working, right? We learned that in Egypt. God is always at work. And so we can trust that God is is the one in control. And we're just taking a small part in completing His work. And so this morning, yeah, I don't know what your pace of life is, but let's just take a moment to surrender, you know, our lives. And if you find yourself often in seasons of exhausting work, maybe you need to reconsider, you know, and... Um, surrender your work to God and live out of this trust and this theology, this belief, you know, that you know, God has done it. God has completed the work in the six days and he sanctified the seventh day as Sabbath rest and we can enter into that rest trusting that God has already done the work. So let's close our eyes. Let's pray. God's going to lead us in a song, but let's pray first. Father, thank you. Yeah, we see in Gideon just, um, he was so faithful to you, and yet uh, the exhaustion, I believe, led him to some responses that were not godly, that was not honoring to you. And uh, yeah, thank you that you call us to your good work sometimes it's a lot of work thank you for giving us the strength to do that work but I also pray that you would give us the wisdom to know when to put it down and to rest and to find our um, refreshing in you, God so that we don't so that what comes out of us is not this extreme anger and just annoyance and this blowing up at people God, that we can respond with the way of Jesus Christ. Uh, So Lord, help us to surrender our work to you, our life to you, and to trust that you are good and you are the one that has completed the work in our lives already. So yeah, meet with us, Lord.
1: to you, I won't be overwhelmed, give me vision, to see things like you do, God I look to you, you're where my help comes from, give me wisdom, you know just what to do. To you, I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you, you're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom, you know just what to do. I will love you, Lord, my strength. To see things like you do, God I look to you, you're where my help comes from, give me wisdom, you know just what to do, and I will love you on my strength.
0: Also resting in you, God, trusting in you. Thank you, Lord. Lead us, God. Let's put on music. Come back. We're going to uh, cover some church prayer points, and then we'll have some sh- uh, personal prayer points if there's any, anyone that has anything. But first of all, let's pray for our um, uh, instrumental kids. Okay? There's an instrumental uh, uh, playlist. Thank you. Okay. Um, I thought we could cover, at the beginning of the week, we could cover our house churches throughout the week, uh, including next Monday's house church. There's a Monday house church. Uh, yeah, Marion's right there. Yeah. So we'll cover uh, from Tuesday through next Monday all the house churches. Let's just pray for a really good time of discussion and sharing and connecting and loving each other. So let's pray for all the house churches meeting this week. And let's pray for our anniversary weekend coming up. It will be next weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Pastor Eric will be coming. So let's just pray that he will get here safely. Nothing will hinder him. Let's pray for uh, the evening services, the Saturday uh, servants barbecue, the Sunday services. Let's just pray that all of that will be so beautiful. The presence of God would be there and it would be just another way for us to really come together and celebrate and um, enjoy each other, enjoy the Lord. And let's pray for Pastor Eric to really bring the Word of God in a powerful way. So let's pray for our anniversary weekend. Let's pray for Addie and Hazel and Isaac. Let's continue to lift them up. Praise God, Addy has been doing so much better. Let's pray that she'll be able to... I think they said after Chinese New Year, she'll be able to come home. So let's pray that she'll be able to go home quickly and that there will be no long-lasting effect for Addy that she'll be fully healed. Let's pray for Isaac and Hazel. Let's continue to pray that God would bring healing to our... Our church family. Let's pray for Andrew and Boaz, Hazel's family, and Lyman and Ed and Lucas, uh, Isaac's family. Let's pray that uh, God would protect them and strengthen them in this uh, long journey as well. So let's pray. Thank you, Lord.